0: Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast for creators of any variety. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for listening. Maybe you just listened to episode 98, the part one of the two-year anniversary. This is the second and final part of the two-year anniversary episodes. Thanks for coming back. This episode will be just like the last one in that I will be reflecting on episodes from the second year of the There It Is podcast. And so we've got the rest. 99 is what we're currently on. We're going from episode 75 to episode 97. And uh, then next week, as some of you may be wondering, where's Justina, girlfriend of the show? Well, she is going to be doing next week's episode. She's going to be the, the interviewer. I'm going to be the one interviewed. It'll be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to it. But now let's dive right into more episodes from the second year of the There It Is podcast. (laughs) Had to bring it back. Had to bring it back. Okay, episode 75, that was with Vanna Dabney, and we also had a bonus episode attached with this one. Vanna was such a fun guest. I'm really glad that I got to have her on. She gave a lot of great advice for creating your own work and furthering your career. It was just fun. It was just really fun and informative. Separately, we had a more serious discussion about women's voice in comedy. And uh, that didn't really make sense to include in the same episode. So we did our first ever bonus episode that covered that thoughtful discussion. I really like Vanna and I can tell that aside from being talented and funny, she's a really good person. Check that episode out. Episode 76 was with Darylin Kelleher. Darylin is legit. She knows how to get stuff done. Being savvy is a big part of being in this industry because you have to find creative ways to get yourself in front of people and make some noise so you can make some progress. Now, she offered some solid advice on starting shows, running shows, writing jokes and different mediums. It's a good episode. If you haven't listened to that one yet, give it a listen. Lots of good advice. Episode 77 was with Lace Larrabee. Now, Lace is one of the ones to keep an eye out for because she's a mover and a shaker. She is in Atlanta, and uh, there's just good reason that she's a, this mover and shaker, right? Like, when I first met her, it was when I still lived in South Carolina, and I could tell immediately just, like, how passionate she is and how solid she is. She was just, like, it was the first time I saw her, I'd sort of heard of her, but it was the first time I saw her perform, and she is just a killer on stage, and I knew how passionate she was about social issues, and I was really glad that she talked about them here in this episode, so I know I know, some, like, people get tired of like some of these topics, but in all honesty, why? I mean, there are issues in our society. You have to know that that is real. Do you really think everything is going well for everyone? You can't possibly think that. So it only makes sense to talk about issues, right? Like, I I get not liking it when people are weird jerks about things, but the discussion in and of itself shouldn't be an issue, right? You know, like... People need to have these conversations. Anyway, Lace is a rock star. I'm glad that she shared what she shared with us and uh, just put it all out there. And she always does. And she delivers. She's great. If you're ever in Atlanta, just look her up because you need to see her perform. Also, she got married. Uh, she uh, she got married to previous guest Jared Harris. So listen, I want some more guests of mine, previous guests of mine, to get married. (laughs) Episode 78 was a Christmas episode. It was just a quick little chat about going home for the holidays and comedy resolutions for the year and uh, shows and comedy, whatnot, just different things like that. My resolutions, and I mentioned that in the episode with Justina, uh, my resolutions were to take a lot of the advice that I have gotten from previous guests of this podcast. And I have, but there is plenty of advice I should really take in and consciously focus on, like Dr. Andy Rourke's advice. Also, uh, another one that I I gave, another resolution, was to get on a magnet house team, and I'm just not there yet. I'm still in the curriculum, and it's not until you're through with the curriculum that you are eligible to audition, and then uh, auditions won't come for a couple more months. So just haven't gotten there yet. But that is a goal of mine. And another goal was to get a job at a late night show. That one's not going to happen anytime soon. It would be awesome. I would love it. But it's just, I've learned that it's harder to get one of those jobs. And it's just not going to be the first job you get moving to New York City. You don't go from like, you know, I don't know. They're all just too big time now. And it's just, they're hard to get into and uh, I have to get in someplace else first before I get to get those sort of jobs. So that's just the way it is, and it stinks to a certain degree. But there are lots of other good jobs, and uh, I hope I get one of those, like real deal jobs, I'm tired of working temp. I'd love to work at a place like the opposition or Fallon or Late Night, but it would just take a lot to get <laughs> to get there. So let's just hope. God gets me there. Uh, Or somebody listening is just like, you know what? I'm tired of Jason talking about this, so let me call in some favors. I'm not saying I'm giving up. I'm just trying to be practical here, okay? Uh, I just think something outside of my applying will need to happen. (laughs) A miracle or something like that. Anyway, enough of that episode. Episode 79, that was an episode that fell on my birthday, and I selfishly made it about that. It was a simple ep that reflected on the new year episode 80 that was with Paul McNair Paul is an old college friend of mine yeah 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 I've had a lot of friends on but I just happen to know some legit pros in the entertainment industry I'm best friends with Lauren Michaels and I just haven't asked him to be on yet same with Steve Martin Tina Fey and I we're exes but we're in good terms Obviously, all of this is not true, but I do have a lot of friends who are in the industry and they're doing legit work and they're people I went to college with. So, you know, makes sense to ask them. Anyway, Paul is a screenwriter and uh, he was our first guest to have written major motion pictures, I think, I believe. He wrote two Chris Evans movies, which are both on Netflix right now, Playing It Cool and Before We Go. I know a decent amount about the industry, but just from what I've read, not from what I've experienced. His insight is from within the industry, and he mentioned some interesting things I hadn't heard a lot about, like how crazy the writing process can be when you're brought in to work on a big movie or something like that. It was cool, really insightful, and just uh, there's some good tips in there as well. So check that one out. Episode 81 was happy- accidents. Okay, so Justina and I, <laughs> we went to a Bob Ross painting event and had a really awesome time. So we talk about that. We uh, talk about our pictures that we made, and we shared them on the blog, as you may remember. You can go check that out on pod.com And uh, it's a funny episode, so you can listen to the episode as well. Episode 82 was with Jim Hendrix. Now, Talk about old friends. Jim is another friend of mine from college. And not only that, he's one of my best friends. I talked to him today. Because of us knowing each other so well, we were able to get into some stuff uh, that I'm not always able to with guests. We just have that second hand because we're close, right? Uh, Lots of great insight about touring and the music biz. But things got serious when we talked about the tragic mass shooting in Las Vegas, which Jim and the band that he's in were performing at. They were performing at that event. Not, They weren't on stage as it happened, but a couple of them were watching the show as it happened. And uh, Jim was in the hotel room and everything went on lockdown. It's real scary. Uh, and he offered some really interesting Perspectives uh, on having been at, at an event like that and at a thing like that. Um, it was a harrowing experience, I think, and it uh, works as a reminder of how precious life is. I love Jim. It was great to have him on. I'm glad that we got to, and I appreciate his sharing everything he did with us. Episode 83 was the next one that was with Suleiman Beg. Now, Suley is one of my favorites at Magnet, and I have a lot of favorites at Magnet, but I hope that doesn't diminish the favoritism that I'm showing them. Okay, now it sounds bad. (laughs) I love a lot of people. I think they're all really talented and great, and he's at the top of the list for me because he's always been cool with me, and from the very beginning of my time here in New York City, which I was thankful for because it's hard being the new kid in school. Uh, I got to do a mixer, with him early on and um, he was just really cool and just, I I very distinctly remember a moment looking across the stage at him and he, I could just tell in the moment that he was taking care of me and uh, that's, that's a nice thing when it's, it was like the first or second time that I did this mixer and did any improv here in the city maybe the third time like it was very early on so it was just nice to have a moment like that on stage with somebody so i really like him Suli offered some really great advice in this episode that i still think about as already mentioned one of the goals for myself is making it on a house team and i mentioned that to Suli in the episode and he didn't necessarily caution because caution sounds too strong of a word but he was sort of emphasizing the significance of being on an indie team and that house teams are great. If you get on them, it's great, but it's not everything, right? And uh, that is just a recurring thing I've heard from people, and I think there's a lot of weight to that. I still would love to get on a house team, but all of these people, many of whom are on house teams themselves, have made me think that it's not the only way to do what I want to do here, okay? So, I guess the thing that'll help explain this is the reason that I want to get on a house team is because when I decided to move up here, I had this idea of the level of performance that I want to do. And and it's going to take a lot of growth to get there. But if I were to get on a house team, then I feel like I would have accomplished that. Like I would have gotten to that place where I was performing on the level that I wanted to perform on. But the thing that I think people are cautioning is thinking that getting on a house team is the only way to accomplish that. And it's not. And and that's a good lesson to give people. It's good advice. So having a good perspective, it's a healthy thing, and uh, that's a good thing for me to do for myself. And I have an indie team of people that I love, so that does seem like the special thing that I want. It's great. There are different things that you can do. It'd be great to get on a house team, but if I don't, it's good to know that it's just not the only way that I can get on that level that I want to get on. Episode 84, Lane Quideris. Lane is yet another guest who is incredibly talented. She can sing, act, dance. She's a multi-hyphenate. She's super fun, and there's a gif or two out there of her, which another goal of mine, uh, like not a resolution, but a thing that I would love is to like have a gif or a meme made of me, <laughs> but not one making fun of me. Something uh, uh, cool or nice or funny. But, you know, not making fun of me. (laughs) That wouldn't be fun. But uh, that would be great also if I did a photo shoot for a stock photo. And then it was in a picture frame. uh, In like Target. I'm just walking around Target and I see a picture frame. And it's me with a made-up happy family for the picture. (laughs) Anyway, Lane. Lane. Lane is great. She's super laid back and it made me feel really comfortable. And uh, I'm, well, I've had really great guests, but sometimes I don't know how things are going. And so I'm not super comfortable. And because uh, if I feel like they're not comfortable and then it makes me less comfortable, and then I feel like it affects the interview. But she was so comfortable that it made me feel like everything was going well. So it was a fun episode. I felt like uh, we, we touched the topics so that we wanted to and hit all the bases. It was great. So here's a little behind-the-scenes nugget for you. Sometimes when you're listening to this podcast, I may not be comfortable with how it's going. <laughs> Lane is cool. Speaking of cool. Episode 85, Keisha Zahler. She is super cool. Just remember this name, Keisha Zahler, because that's the name you should know. She's a great comedian and writer. She works at The Opposition, which is a great, great show on Comedy Central after The Daily Show. Jordan Klepper is fantastic. She gave a lot of great advice, but she also dropped a lot of knowledge. My favorite thing from this episode is actually not comedy related. We were talking about how, I guess, the national discussion has gotten so nasty there's a lot of animosity when people are speaking about things and she mentioned that when we were talking about it that this phrase respect my humanity and I've been thinking about it and using it ever since it's such a good thought to have because it's so easy especially online for people to just not treat the person they disagree with as a human who has feelings who's just a person. And I feel like everyone in every group, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people in every kind of group or who, you know, people, different people from all these different walks of life or belief systems, I think they, I think a lot of people feel like no one else respects them. No one else is respecting their humanity. Think about that. Like if everyone feels that way or or people, a lot of people in every group feels that way, then we all could probably do a lot better at just being more reasonable when we're talking about these things. It, It would make the national discourse so much better. Imagine if everyone just showed respect to other people, how much change it would create if we just genuinely show a little respect for the other side. Episode 86, New York City Anniversary. I like celebrating things like birthdays and anniversaries, and we did it so much this year. (laughs) In this episode, Justina and I talk about what it was like being inside New York City for a whole year. We won't do it again for a second anniversary because that just seems like a good one-year anniversary thing to do. But uh, making a big move, it's exactly what you would think it's like. And I'm glad that we took the time to celebrate it and reflect on it. Episode 87, Dan Wilbur. This was another episode that was both fun and helpful. Dan has done a lot and is still doing a lot. And it was just great to talk to him about his process at great length. He's a good dude. One behind-the-scenes thing I really appreciated was that he wanted to do the interview in person. He almost insisted on it, but not quite. I mean, he was just saying, that would be the best if we can do that. And he came over, and we had a little chat, and uh, I really liked being in the same space, talking and doing this interview because it made it even more personable and conversational. So I hope I get to do more like that. Right after this episode was done, I got busy with improv classes because they were like the same nights that he does his awesome stand-up show that's down the street from where I live. But uh, he has some great comics on those shows every single time, and they're just like 10 blocks from my place. I hate that I can't be at those places or at that, that, those shows hopefully soon, but if you are ever in the city then you should go check those shows out. They're at Halyards in Brooklyn, and it's called On a Lighter Note. Episode 88, Chrissy Grubel. Chrissy was another great Magnet get. Lots of great performers in the city, and she's one I see a lot at Magnet, and she's also at UCB. Before we recorded, I actually ran into her at a bar, and she was so sweet and cool, and uh, I, I... No, I've been here over a year but I still feel super new and it made me feel even more a part of the community when she was so nice to me in the bar when we met. She gives some great advice in this episode about writing and she was another person who emphasized the importance of having an indie team and not putting all your eggs in the house team basket. Chrissy is on like two house teams at two different theaters And she is still pointing out the significance of having an indie team. So that says something about the importance of it. She obviously loves those house teams. But again, there are other ways to do that thing that you're seeking. So don't get so discouraged when, or if, I should say, you don't end up getting on a house team. I think it's because an indie team is also yours and you can make something that's your own. So that's a valuable and good thing. Alright, episode 88 was Lisa Marie. Lisa was a fun guest to have. What was most frustrating to learn is how natural her jokes come to her, though. Like, I will say that. She was fun, and she was funny, but, like, she just writes, and then they're just gold on Twitter. (laughs) I wish wish I had it that way. I mean, it's just really annoying. But for real, (laughs) she's hilarious, and I enjoyed our chat. One thing that resonated with me from our chat was about online culture. So again, going back to that, but when everyone started getting on the internet, I would hear people caution others on like behavior or at least say like, oh, you know, internet comment sections, they're terrible, you know? But like five or so years ago, I would hear people caution against the games people play online and the animosity that comes from your misperceiving things. Now it seems like everyone is just down for playing that game. It, it's just really unfortunate because that game is bitter and insanely detrimental. Why are we playing this online game? It's hurting you more than it's hurting anyone else. Are people really that desolate? That's pretty sad. I'm glad people like Lisa are using the internet for jokes and for happy things. And another person using the internet for jokes and happy things was our guest on episode 90, Exploding Unicorn, and that is James Breakwell. He's the one who started Exploding Unicorn. And he was a great get. He offered a ton of solid advice going even deeper into an approach to creating jokes on Twitter. It was interesting talking to him about his approach to writing jokes on Twitter right after talking to Lisa about it. Both are having success with it. One is just tossing it out there, Lisa, while the other is writing to a specific thing and analyzing data and all this stuff, and that's what James does. Perfect examples of whatever works for you. Now, I will say that's not an excuse for being lazy. Your method or approach to working and writing it has to work for you in order for it to be something to continue doing. You can't just say, I don't feel like writing it today. And listen, that's just my process. Like, that's, that's not going to work. You still got to work hard. Episode 91. That was with Lindsay Cat. Now, Lindsay, oh gosh, Lindsay is an amazing person. Uh, she has the biggest heart in the world. Her ability to accomplish things is astonishing, but really also just incredibly giving with her spirit. She is so loving and kind and generous. She gave a lot of great advice in this episode, and a lot of what stood out was about believing in yourself. She was talking about me because of the discussion we were having, but it can apply to anyone who doubts themselves or doubts what they can accomplish. Now, we actually talked for about 30 minutes off air, and I still have the recording of it. I kept it because the advice she was giving and just what she was speaking like into my life was so encouraging and so profound that I needed to save it so I could listen to it again and again so it could fully sink in. In the moment, I couldn't process it at all. It was just too kind. It was so kind. And uh, she spoke directly to a deep-seated view I have of myself about my worth and what I think I can do, what I think I can accomplish it really touched me that she not only could single out my hangups, but that she took the time to voice it out of concern for me. I really can't get over that. She's the best kind of human. The world needs more people like Lindsay. Episode 92 that was with Charlie Nicholson. Charlie is one of the best stage performers in improv that I've ever seen. His pacing, his presence, his commitment to the moment, they're just all on an upper level. This was another episode that I got to do in person, which was great because it allowed me to pick up on his presence. He seems very centered and in the moment with you at all times. For you improvisers and performers out there, this goes right along with that note about having a life outside of improv. You know that note that people say, like, don't just go to improv shows and do improv. Have a life, an interesting life outside of that. Charlie is always present at any point in his life, just like he is with me whenever I see him, right? Like, I mean, anytime I just, in passing, even see him, he's making eye contact, he seems so genuinely there and experiencing the moment with me. I feel like he's present on stage because he's practicing it off stage as well. He's that focused on stage because he's focused off stage. Whatever you want to be able to do on stage, you have to practice it off stage. Episode 93 was another comedy shop talk episode. Justina and I chatted about some hot topics. Fun times. I'm really glad Justina gets to be on uh, on these episodes and a part of these She's great on the show and super funny and listeners love her, but not as much as I do. So back off. <laughs> Episode 94, Nick Canellis I was thrilled to get Nick on because he is such a great improviser. He's an improviser's improviser. He's fantastic. He's one of the best. If you see him, if you see Trike, you will say, oh my goodness. He's <laughs> like, I feel like seeing Trike is the same The first time you see Trike, it's very similar to the first time you see TJ and Dave. And he's half of the renowned duo Trike. Peter McNerney is the other half. And I hope I can get Peter on. Their shows are pretty amazing, that's all I'm saying, okay? The skill they have in this silly, silly art form is pretty unreal. It was great to talk to him and get his insight on his approach and his skills. And here's something that resonated with me. He's searching to get better. Now, of course, any good artist is always evolving and continuing to develop. That search is common and normal, but there was something about how he talked about it that reminded me of my self-doubt. Now, he doesn't seem down on himself, but something sounded like he's searching for something he isn't quite doing how he wants to. Do you know what I mean? Now, I could be wrong, but if I'm right, that is insane to me. He is so incredibly gifted. What could he possibly be doing that isn't quite there yet? It was oddly helpful to hear that. Even the best improvisers in the country will continue to search like they haven't quite found out what they're looking for. It's a good thing for an artist to keep looking for more that they can do. So my feeling like I'm not quite there is normal and natural and okay. And I don't have to beat myself up about it really glad that I learned that in talking to him. Episode 95, the bracket episode. Okay, the bracket episode. If you follow the podcast and you know about this, you know all about it, you know all too well about it, I've talked about it a lot. If not, I put together a comedy bracket, a bracket like the NCAA bracket, 64 comedy duos. Why? Because I wanted the mental exercise? You can find that bracket and fill it out for something fun to do. Like, I don't know, I just like to do things like that. (laughs) Nice break from important things. But also, it keeps my mind going. Okay, episode 96, Lisa Betancourt. This is a recent episode. Makes me think that you probably already know about it or haven't forgotten about it. It was super fun to have Lisa on. She's great. She was a fun guest because, like Liz Mealy or Mike Kaplan, she is a talker. In a good way. I'm not saying that in a bad way. Those are my favorite kinds of guests because you don't have to prod them to get into stuff. The moment Lisa said, one of my favorite things to do is talk all day about life. I knew exactly what the direction of the interview was going to go into after she said that because that's also one of my favorite things to do. She's someone I'd like to have on again, actually. Not only because she's a great guest, but we actually didn't get to talk about all the different kinds of awesome things that she does. I have a list of people that I would love to have on again, and I just haven't gotten around to getting them back on, but maybe in the next year. Year three's the charm. That's not the right phrase. Episode 97, Erica Hernandez, our last guest of the second year. Still sinking in that I've been doing this for two years. I'm glad we had her on because talented people like her are great to learn from. One thing that stood out to me was when she talked about being an introvert. I'm not an introvert, but there are a lot of assumptions about performers, especially comedians. And I've heard people complain about them always being on. And I've also heard people act like performers and entertainers are so morose. The truth is we're just people like anyone else. So we're all different. This is life. You have outgoing people in entertainment and shy people. Happy people, sad people. It just runs the gamut. Hopefully having on different kinds of guests will resonate with you in a way that you find helpful. That's the whole idea after all, help people to do what they want to do. Whether you need encouragement, some help finding direction, or just some tips on how to do a skill well. I hope this has helped. I hope this podcast has done that for you. Ah, oh, I just can't believe it's been two years. It's never going to sink in, maybe by year four it'll sink in that I've been doing this podcast for two years. I, w- <laughs> I would be remiss not to mention the people who helped get this here. To everyone who has supported the podcast, I want to share a big and heartfelt thank you if anyone wants to support, you can. You can go to thereitispod.com. A couple of different ways that you can support. Just click on the support button. That's it for now. Next week's the 100th episode. It'll be fun. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.